that. Yeah. I, I was listening to podcasts all day today while I was at work or like that. And so I started listening to Fear Ann. I don't know if you actually have ever sat down and listened to I've it. I've never He's actually, actually he, Him and Austin have such good chemistry. It's crazy when they yeah. talk to each other. Isn't Ethan on that too? Uh, Ethan comes on sometimes, but that's or is leftovers. He on leftovers. Yeah, yeah, Ethan's leftovers. Um, it's Fear Ann is Hassan, his buddy Will. Um, Austin was on this episode. I think Austin and then um, QT Cinderella, another streamer or whatever like that. I think she's a pretty much a mainstay at this point. But, um, yeah, it was actually really entertaining to listen to. They were talking about, like, them going to Japan and then uh, just some other, like, Prides, Pride Month stuff. And, it was, yeah, it was very interesting to hear. And then I was also listening to The Deep Program by uh, JT Gopnik and uh, Hakeem on Spotify. Very, very interesting. Very good for socialist theory and stuff. So I was listening to radicalization stuff all day today. Oh, yeah. I love it when him and Austin get together. And I, I love the way, like, Austin, like, describes being gay, and they have the best take. And it, it's so true. Like, conservatives killed homophobia. Homophobia oh, yeah. used to be so Absolutely. much fun. Absolutely. Like, these, these freakazoids ruined such a fun thing. It used to be yeah. just like, yeah, man. You see just call people like, oh, that's so gay. Or like, yeah, oh, I mean, like, people no like that. like a derogatory you, thing or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. And like, like you know, it, you know, we use that the most, as Austin says, gay people. Like, they just like it. Yeah, no, gay people are there. the most homophobic, like. And I get it. Like, you know, saying something that's gay is, like, a negative probably is, like, the best thing to say. And it's probably not a bad thing that we got away with it. But, like, it used to be, like, socially acceptable to be homophobic. Nobody really cared. It was lighthearted. It was fun. And now these fucking freaks just killed it. It didn't It didn't used to mean you wanted to genocide an entire population yeah. of the planet. It used to mean you were just having a riff and, like, a good time with your bros. Like, yeah, we could definitely learn to do something else. But at the same time, like, calm down, people. I swear to God. Um, You're giving yeah, the game away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, well, we have been recording for the last two minutes. Might as well start with a little uh, story there. This is, I think, episode 18. I, I, I generally lost count, but like, I, I was thinking uh, we should have done one more. If only this was we, episode 19. On 619. Yeah, that would have been, been something. Oh, music started on my phone, so that's fun. But um, Sick. yeah, I, I was thinking about that on the way back. I'm like, so I think it's 18. Damn, that's like at least 18 weeks of doing this. But we also took off that month break. So we're like 20-something weeks of doing this, which is insane. We've been doing this since like, God, didn't we start after Christmas break? It's like January. I think we started at the beginning of, or the end of January. I think it was like January 27th or something like that was our first one, which is crazy. But yeah, um, regardless of what episode we actually are on, uh, episode whatever of TLGR, Two lefties get it right. We have our uh, no guests today, unfortunately, but we'll have some next week. Uh, we have our, for now. We have our two fantastic hosts, including the one in Grand Forks. Yeah, that uh, that's me. I think he was trying to lead me into that. Um, I was he got trying me sleeping. to, but like, you know, I guess we just don't have that Austin Hassan like mental. You know, got, our chemistry's off today. This is what we get for having literally zero idea what we're going to talk about when we come into an episode. That's true. I'm sure they do at least a little bit more planning than we do. But at the same time, Hassan is streaming for eight hours a day. That's all off the cuff. Or at least I'd say most of it is off the cuff. So it's definitely a yeah, skill. We haven't quite, haven't quite mastered that yet. No, we have not. Um, I got to ask, were, were you off today for work or did you have to work today? <laughs> no, I worked today. Okay, as did I. Now, now, granted, both... Uh, like, so the reason, we, the reason I asked this, and it's going to be released today, so it's significant or like that. Today, on the six or the 19th of June, I was thinking 619, but the 19th of June is uh, Juneteenth, and this episode will be talking about such and talking about the relative labor woes and woes and woes of these of this holiday and how it makes conservatives freak out and some of the takes I've heard the last couple of days, and I'm sure, Griffin, you've heard the same, since we're both <laughs> just nerds into the like deepest political manosphere, I swear. But, uh, yeah, there's been um, uh, the takes at work today were awesome. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> See, last year I actually got Juneteenth off, which was surprising to me because I worked with a lot of conservative people. Like, I was like, I was like in like back in like high school mode of like hiding my true political affiliation or, or at risk of getting lynched, kind of thing. Uh, lynched in Minecraft, to be to be fair. And uh, so, which was very strange because they were. A, a four-day working week company, which is a very progressive work model, and two, they gave Juneteenth and other, like, uh, like child care benefits. Like, Rapple as a company was insanely progressive, but, like, the people that worked there were insanely conservative, so I have no idea how that worked. I mean, that was, like, kind of when I worked at Lyman. Like, they were unionized, and everybody loved the union, but 
would have all gave head to Donald Trump. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it's it's the greatest example of propaganda is like oh the property the party of the working man. Now, granted, I'm not defending the DNC like ever, but they've lost that like touch. Like they both try to aim for being like oh the party of the working man. Like one clearly advocates for a billionaire's tax like tax free status, while the other wants to like pretend that they unionize. So I I, I have no idea. <laughs> One is open about how much they hate the working class, and the other one's just a little bit more secretive about it. Yeah, absolutely. They, it's like the unionize or don't unionize versus don't unionize, please, with like the rainbow and like the black flag behind it, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Capitalism, but, capitalism, but rainbow. Capitalism, but rainbow. Absolutely. Hashtag BLM. Hashtag BLM. Um, you know, I saw this thing pop up today, news-wise, or like that, that someone was trying to fact-check. I think it was uh, Mike Pence. On, it was on Twitter. Mike Pence m- made a statement, I think, on an interview. I can't remember what uh, platform. I think it might even been CNN. I have no idea. But he basically said that the like during like the BLM riots, like the summer of 2020, that like no one got prison stay, yet Donald Trump is still getting them. And like the people on January 6th are still in prison, which, by the way, is not even true. There were a lot of people that got arrested in the summer of 2020. Yeah. Those specific I mean, we lived it. Like it was forty-five minutes away from where we live. I wanted to go downtown so bad. Like <laughs> I just wanted to throw a rock in Minecraft through a window. It was. It would have been just so fun. I don't know. Could have. Could have been well, you on know, the right side of history. We were standing like forty-five minutes away. Speaking on those riots, did you see the thing that came out? Like the DOJ basically concluded the Minneapolis Police Department has like rampant, like systemic racism, like built into it. Like, it's you one never, of the most racist police departments in the country. Who would have thought? That's who crazy. Who would have absolutely thought ever? Like, I think even before George Floyd, they were still, like, one of the highest per capita killings of black Americans in the country. Like, yeah. even worse than, like, Chicago and New York. I didn't realize that Minneapolis is still, like, one of the most segregated cities in the country. I'm not surprised at all. Minneapolis is drastically, like, it's not even to the point of, like, where it's, it is underfunded, obviously. The public housing is dog shit downtown and stuff like that. So you're, you're obviously going to see a lot more productive in like crime and then like obviously the over policing that adds to that too because people always talk about oh minneapolis is such a shithole which i'm not going to defend right now it is currently in a very dismal state but if anyone can lead it lead it back to its former glory it's it's timothy timothy can do it i, I believe in him put some money into social programs downtown he'll he'll, he'll figure it out but um yeah that's for news wise we, we did talk about that, and that's very important because I think that will actually – I don't know if anything will come of the DOJ basically saying that. I, I can only assume that Dumb nothing it. will probably change because the, the only thing that I can truly think that came out of even the 20 – like the direct like murder of George Floyd was like just the banning of that one specific hold, like the neck hold. I'm pretty sure that was like the only thing that came out of that like tangible-wise, but I could be wrong unless you know of anything else. Uh, if you get that, I, honestly, I think – like the George Floyd like protests and whatnot riots have almost been like a net negative because like obviously like you know we got that whole like is no longer like taught or whatever I guess and you know it definitely like it was incredibly polarizing but it's also like really what started this fucking thin blue line bootlicker bullshit that like oh fund the police blah blah it's like like almost led to in my opinion like increased militarization of police definitely way more Absolutely. than it has to any sort of defunding or demilitarization. Well, I, I don't think there's a single, and I could be wrong on this completely fact check wise, but I don't think there's a single county in the country since the summer of 2020 that their police budget has gone down. I know nationally they've gone, it's gone up under Biden like 25, 40%. Like it's insane because, again, it's just basically the, the stepbrother of like the military industrial complex. It's just domestic rather than abroad. Yeah, they just give the guns a slightly different name and give them to less trained people. You know. <laughs> how you could have truly like uh, galvanized people against like police brutality and like, pol- especially like let's, let's take the, the neck hold, for example, let's say it didn't get banned or like that after the George Floyd uh, murder, you know, you could have really gotten these hogs going. If they would have done that hold on Trump on Tuesday, can you <laughs> put him down to the ground? Can you imagine if Donald Trump was a victim of police brutality? <laughs> First of all, he's white, he's German. It's never going to happen. But at the same time, yeah. like, you would see all of these hogalinas like defund the police mega like not not beyond like the defund the FBI Marjorie Taylor Greene shit but I'm talking like real life they did be like 
grassroots like oh they're a standing army oh they have their own like weapons of mass destruction ready to go they've been oh they've been targeting us for years she would actually get done we'd actually see she, a like, like even in my and i just really don't get it like everybody's like a sucker for the police force because nobody actually like, especially before george white nobody liked the police nobody ever liked the police like no one's I, ever I, like oh yeah. fuck yeah i love the cops they're so cool. I love it when I get a speeding ticket there. Like, they tolerated their existence because they realized that, like, some sort of police force is, in our current society, necessary. Not in its current form, but in some form. And even when I was, you know, in middle school, high school, going, when we were both going through our conservative kick, yeah. um, I was Yours never like... Yours than mine, Mayor. mayor yeah, mayor. I know, I know. I was never... I personally... I would I, I I would take this. I have personally never been, like, a pro-cop. I've always been, like... I always, I've always held the belief that like city police departments are a standing army that like any like like police power should stem purely from county sheriff's office like i don't think state troopers should be legal like i i think they should be like every every single cop should be held in a sheriff's deputy position under a county sheriff who's an elected official so it's something to be held like held accountable to the voters to the people but yeah, even I mean, that is awfully standing army. So yeah, absolutely. The, the aspect of democracy definitely comes forward because, like, no, we didn't elect our cops. There, we these people are class traders operating at the behest of capital to in, like crack down to minority yeah. groups and just the, the proletariat in general. And, and that's say, still like my biggest I, I, like push toward like, yeah. police for reform is like a, like abolish the abolition of all state. And city police forces in favor of like just and then like just divert all of the funding and everything to county sheriff's offices and then it's it's literally and then we can elect you know it gives the power to the people to decide what they want in their own individual local areas. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Because like going back, like you were saying, like you had always never really had a huge respect for the police. I would probably say I agree with that. Even when I was really young, it was more so of an apathy towards police of like, oh yeah, they exist, whatever. But then as you get older and you see all these brutal and horrific acts that they commit towards just people of, like, of, like just pe- all people, especially people of minority descent, like, it's, I don't see why you can truly go up and say, defend them, like, oh, they have the, like, the most dangerous job in the world. That's not true. Underwater welders have a high level. straight up dying. Yeah, absolutely. Like, They're not even in the top ten. I think technically the most, the deadliest job in America is the president I, I remember reading that somewhere because like everyone has died in office or like whatever the death rate in office is insanely high or something like that yeah but that's yeah. a statistical it's, anomaly it's, exactly you can skew statistics to make it sound like whatever you want to say so if anyone tries saying oh yeah they go out there they're the most dangerous child in the world i no, absolutely not like if you want to talk about like screw like on accident fortality if you're talking about like trade workers underwater welders stuff like that like construction guys have way worse than that oh yeah fucking my, I work with a guy who used to work in um, some of the coal mines out west, and he's like, it was three to four people a year died at that mine. I was just oh, I, I don't doubt it at all. But yeah, um, so another news story. I, I we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but I had to get this out there on the the, the radio waves for whoever's listening. Um, the twenty twenty four election is coming upon us with Trump being arrested, making some funny acutes. By the way, Trump is so back. It, he is he's absolutely so back. 100% back, and he's ready to go. He left He left uh, the courthouse in Miami on Tuesday after being arraigned on 37 felony counts. Uh, he could potentially serve up to 100 years in prison because of the max, which is not going to happen, but that's just saying the max was. He left the courthouse on Tuesday in Miami, was, pers- was supposed to go right back to the tarmac and fly off to New Jersey to his Bedminster Club to make an address the, fall- like, the same night. But he wanted, but he was a little hungry. He was a little hungry, so he wanted to stop and get a donut. Thank you, Siri. He, wa- he wanted to stop and get a donut, so he stopped at a local cafe. And from what I've heard from Miamians, whatever it is, people like that live in Florida, that place is fantastic for what he wanted to stop for coffee and a donut. Great, stop you, man. He goes inside. Obviously, there are hogs and hogalinas alike inside, ready to go. He calls out, Every- "Everyone's bill is on me, folks. Don't worry." And then he proceeded to leave. Without pay. He is so, so back to his 2016 And they'll still insane. vote for him. They'll still oh, yeah, vote absolutely. for him. absolutely. Like, it's not like it's the fact, like, oh, he screwed over, but at the same time, like, he's just, what? <laughs> Dude, what do you, yeah, what did you just say? Why did you do that? <laughs> it's, it's, it's been crazy seeing all these people going nuts. Like, I feel like low-key that this, this arraignment and this indictment has 
Hogs less worried, or, or not worried, but less ang- like verbally upset than the original one did for the fact that they know he's done with these charges. I, I, I know we disagree on this, but I truly don't think, don't see a path towards him walking out of this because some of those, like, he was caught on tape admitting some of this shit. The federal, like, the federal's, like, federal uh, Bureau of, De- like, Department of Justice has an 83% conviction rate when goes to trial at all. Because, like, it's like 98% don't even go to court, like, don't even go to trial because they know it's, like, that hard to overcome. Yeah, his ass is cooked, in my opinion. At least. Yeah, and, again, you said we disagree. I Consider the following. Um, he's rich and he's white. See, I would agree. I would agree. But... When it comes to the actual just, like law itself, like written down, like you'd have to make some crazy stretches to be able to make this like like where he literally said, "I know this is illegal. This is very illegal, folks, and I'm committing a crime. This is the crime that I'm doing right here in the in the in the law. This is the one I'm breaking right now as we speak." Yeah, but if it's anybody's gonna to break it, seven. if anybody's gonna break it, and get away with it. It's Donnie. Now, and that, now that's true. Like my uh, my whole perspective on this is. The Hogs and the Hogalinas, they've been squealing about it, obviously. Uh, they've been squealing real loud. And the big thing they squeal out is that this is like, it's political. It's all political persecution, like whatever. They're only arresting him because politics. And I would argue that like, the politics are working in Trump's favor because if this is just a normal, like he's just a dude, he's already in prison. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like it's over. If, yeah. he is, if he's not the former president of the United States of America, He's, a, I, I mean, I'm sorry, current president of the United States of America. Yep, 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 there you go. Um, Presidents have been real since 1843, remember that. Yep. Uh, he's already in jail. It's over. He's done. He's cooked. Uh, the fact that he's not in jail and people are talking about him maybe not being guilty and, like, this pardons and stuff, is like, it's not, that's politics. Like, the politics yeah. is helping him in every single regard on this. Like, if he's not the former president, there's no chance on this planet earth inconceivable that he would ever get out of it mm-hmm. but because he was the president i'm sorry is the president i think it's gonna go i think it's i don't i don't think i think they'll maybe find him guilty i he never serve set he'll never serve a day in prison not a chance no. and that i do agree with i don't think he'll see, ever see the inside of a count of a, of a federal jail cell i 100 percent agree with you on that um i think he might have to pay a fine and i i i don't see it happening but maybe getting barred from office. I don't know what the legal precedent is for that. Um, if they could do that, but uh. what now I will say, so what, what the hogs have been screaming about ever since that he was indicted has not so much been defending. Oh my God, he's so innocent. It's more so the fact that every other politician does this. This is what they claim. They've been yeah. They found him in, they found him in Biden's garage. They found him in Pence's office and all these other places, but they're not they're not uh, like they're not being indicted. The only difference is, and, and I, I want, I, I truly hope at some point, someone, some hog listens to this or like that, listening close. The difference is one word: compliance. <laughs> Both of those other two people got those orders from the federal government. They said, "Listen, you have uh, you have classified documents. Can we have them back?" They said, "Yes, take them back," like any normal person would. But Donnie, oh Donnie, he said, Good. "Yes." I'll, Yes, I'll give them back. I, I love giving them back, even though I was going, even though I have the right. He then instructed his lawyers to lie and said, "Don't give them back because I want to keep showing them off to Mar-a-Lago dentists." He truly only kept them to flex that he had them in the first place to make petty arguments, and that's hilarious. Well, and it's the funniest thing because, like, Donnie resisting is ironically the same thing that they, they're like, Oh, the, that black kid, that black autistic nine-year-old who they shot when he was unarmed, just trying to play. Well, he shouldn't have been resisting. He should have, he should have complied. But when Donnie doesn't comply, he's a hero. Yeah, absolutely. Like he's always standing up to the face of this, uh, this deep state pedophile vampire ring. And he's saying, no, they're coming after you. I'm just standing in the way, which he actually did utter at his speech. He said those exact words. He said a meme out loud, which I thought was really funny. I, so I, I, going back to like what you were saying about how they, their defense of Donald Trump isn't that Trump is innocent. It's that everybody else is guilty. It's like, yeah, arrest him too. That yeah, would absolutely. be awesome. Actually, that would be great. Please. 
And see, and see, our favorite, our favorite uh, geriatric senior Chuck Grassley out of Iowa was kind of, was kind of doing that. Was was edge, was edging me with that promise this last week, in the sense of uh, there was this uh, new bombshell revelation, quote unquote, that uh, Hunter and Joe Biden were uh, like caught on tape as like hiring this outside or like caught on tape committing like this crime with Bariz- with a Burisma executive paying him like two three million dollars a year or something like that for peddling influence, whatever like that. First of all, yes, absolutely investigate that. Go arrest them if that's the case. I 100% support you. Nothing would be even. Nothing would make me happier than the day that Trump is in court, Biden is also impeached and removed from uh, office. That would be the awesome. C- nothing would make me happier than to see every single U.S. president for the last 20 years in prison. Yeah, absolutely. Put them all. Put them all in some orange jumpsuits. Put them in their own cell block. Let them. Let them yell at each other. Have a great time. Dude, this is what you. This is what you were leading. Now you get to see from the bottom side of it. But. At the same time, I was take I was denied that pleasure. That's why I said I was ed- I was edged by Chuck Grassley, in the sense of I think it was on Thursday of last week, maybe even Friday. Uh, Chuck Grassley came out and said, uh, "I kind of made that up, and the, the tapes actually don't exist. Uh, so stop listening to me." I remember that. It's source, I made it up. <laughs> source, I, I the voices in my head told me so, so I'm going to listen to it. Absolutely. Uh, but. Yeah, we should. Um, that's that's pretty much it. The only other thing about the Trump arraignment thing is this very scary thought I had the other day. I'm sitting on the couch. And I'm just I'm thinking to myself because this is what I think about in my free time. Yeah, so I'm so alone. But <laughs> I, I, was thinking, I was thinking to myself sitting next to Sam, and there is a nightmare scenario that none of us have been talking about. And I, I can't remember if I texted you or not, but. Now to so the Trump was was indicted on these thirty seven accounts with his personal valet Ralph Ralph Nada Nada I don't know I think yeah Ralph Nada but whatever it is but Ralph Nada Nada was also was um, not with Trump on the day of his indictment and has not has yet to enter in a plea as of Monday June nineteenth into the federal court he has not pled guilty has not pled not guilty now what is really scary to me and the Department of Justice has talked about possibly trying to flip Nada to go against Trump, basically say, listen, man, you're cooked. If you can if you can cooperate and get him cooked, we'll be more square. I'm a little bit more scared on the opposite side of a deal side where the entire Trump family is, com- is coming to Ralph and the rest of his family and said, basically talk to him down, listen, man, for the next X amount of generation of your family life, they're never going to have to work a day in their life because – if you say I was the one that had the idea, I put Trump all this up, and you plead guilty and take it off him, and you go to jail for it, your family will be set for life, like full mob, like take the fall guy, the rest of your family's set. And that is really I scary. I don't know if the Trump family off. has enough money for it, though. But they can pers- they can make it look on paper for Ralph and his family that yes, they do have that. When he goes to slammer, they'll forget that that guy's game ever, ever even existed, and they'll call it a day. Because as soon as he enters that plea, it's over. And that and that, that really spooks me. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, this is nightmarish. I bet yeah, I would be hard pressed to see that happen. But if it plays out where only like Nada gets fucking Nada gets all of it, um, start the conspiracy. Let's go. Yeah, ab- absolutely. That's like a, you look into those financial statements, figure it out where it is because someone was paid to do that. Yeah. Uh, no, I I don't see a scenario other than him winning in 24 where he isn't found guilty, I can't see, a, I, I, I can't fathom what a punishment would be for him, because it's not going to be jail time. The, the best part, too, I will, I will make this like a last point, is the best part are these people, are his base of supporters saying he's doing, he's, he's, he's standing in the trenches, he's taking all these shots for us. No, he's not. He knows that if he gets to president, the first thing he's going to do on January 20th, 2025 is pardon himself. That will be the first thing that pen lays to paper is a pardon for Donald John Trump. That will be the first thing that he does. That's the that's why he is going to campaign harder now than he was even before because he knows his his ass is literally on the line right now. If they they're going to try to do a expedited trial, which is expected to start sometime probably within December or January, like December of this year or January of next year, and they want to get it done obviously with preparation for the election. Now, depending on how early that election is, Trump has a already received the nominee, or b is just it's almost it's to the election point where it's just going to be too late at that point, or DeSantis gets it or whatever it is. But yeah, if 
if he does win and he's president-elect, you have an you have an extra few months. I don't know what happens in that case if they have the balls to arrest him while he's president-elect, or like what happens there. So we're in very unprecedented times, and it's it's going to be fun. Whatever it is, hogs will go wild, and it's going to be awesome listening, like seeing them go nuts. Going seeing them go nuts basically as they do with June every single year. Uh, one last little like tangent before we move on to our more meat of the episode. Uh, Shit, don't forget. Um, oh yeah, is there a world where, depending on how the trial's going, or if he maybe gets found convicted before the nomination comes out, that the RNC does not give him the nomination? I personally, so I think we're of two minds on this, but I am very hard pressed to see a world other than Trump going to jail where the GOP does not give him the nomination, and that is going against what I have said before. Going into 20, like going into the midterms and everything like that, I said, oh, there's no chance he gets the nomination. But Trump appointed people. Now, the Republicans did very poorly in the midterms, for sure. They were expected to flip, like, 70 seats in the House. They barely got a majority. They were expected to get, like, 10 Senate seats. They didn't get any of them, which was a huge blow to the Republican Party. But at the same time, before that was happening, I was saying, oh, there's no way they'll give it to – it'll be DeSantis and probably Harris for 2024, which is a nightmare because DeSantis wins, like, 48 states in that case. But at the yeah. same time, now that he's – like, now that he's coming back and – like, he truly was decided to come back for 2024 because I, I always believed that he would decide if he was going to run based off of the 2022 midterm, which I was kind of right. But I, I truly think that if he wasn't – if the Mar-a-Lago raid didn't happen in the first place, he probably wouldn't be running because at that point someone said – Dude, if you're president, you can pardon yourself. He's like, shit, yeah, I'm doing it right now. Shit, shit. Because that's why he, well, are- he he was like the earliest announcer of like running for 2024. Besides, like I think maybe Marianne Williamson beat him by like a couple of weeks, but yeah, he, he, not, he announced in like November of 2022. Like, dude, you have two years before the election. What are you talking about? So I truly like I don't see a world unless he is arrested where he does not get the GOP nomination. And I don't see a path for him back to the White House regardless. I think if he is found guilty, there'll be some way in the tr- somewhere in the trial or somewhere in the appeals court where they'll basically say, all right, he cannot, he cannot hold federal office again or something like that. They'll basically say, listen, dude, you can either go to – you can stay at house arrest for the next 40 years, which obviously if you're in house arrest, you can't go to the White House to work. If you're either in house arrest for the next 20 years at your lavish mansion, you'll never, like, you never have to work again. You're whatever like that. You'll, get, you'll still get county food, or uh, uh, you go to real jail, and we'll see how this goes. So I don't know. I, I don't see a world where he doesn't get the nomination unless he's arrested. And that if, if he is arrested, then if we're in for a rough 2024 presidential election, I will say oh, it's going to be so awesome. I'm so excited. I, I'm ready to go. I, I'm ready for. I'm ready if there were going to be debates. I, I truly hope someone talks to the RNC and says, listen, dude, we've been doing this for the last 200 years. We've got to have a debate because we've got to have if, a debate. If the DNC does their cowardly Democrat shit again and they're like, oh, we have to be high. We have to be higher morals than them. Oh, when they go low, we go high. We'll, we'll just go on their platform. If the DNC goes on the RNC's debate platform, you you're an idiot. You're you're absolutely like, what is wrong with you? Why are you caving to them? They are the debate. I but you know what? It's the National Democratic Party. They're not the Minnesota Dems, so who knows? They might just be that stupid. I'm, regardless of, I got, I really, we need like a like a two party debate. I'm still just excited for the RNC debate. It's going to be awesome. It's going to oh, be yeah, so absolutely. great. I can't I, wait Donald Trump's going to call Ron DeSantis a meatball, a little meatball. Trump's going to call Ron DeSantis a meatball. DeSantis is going to cry and say something about people being woke. Chris Christie is going to die of a heart attack. It's going to be awesome. I kind of like Chris Christie. He's kind of a funny Stop guy. it. Stop it. He held a beach to himself. Come on. You've got to respect <laughs> that. He closed a beach and then went to the beach anyway. And it's kind of a giga chat. you got to give it up. Obviously, policy-wise, I don't agree with a single thing that he supports. But at the same time, he's uh, from one fat dude to another, you got to respect him. He's he, he's there, he's, he's he's having fun, and he's just, he's fine. He also he's said he guy. wouldn't pardon Trump, which is awesome. He's the only Republican uh, nominee, uh, nominee to say that. Uh, I know Pence yeah. came out and said, it's not appropriate for me to answer that time, was the answer. DeSantis absolutely would pardon Trump within a second. Yeah, because he's Trump's bitch. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he, I truly do hope that, what is best for the country, I think, like, what is, and obviously this is me getting on a soapbox and talking, but it's, 
what's best going forward is in 2024 in these primaries, the the court case kind of holds off for for now. Let's like leave that out of the, out of the hypothetical. Trump goes through this primary process, and so does DeSantis. Now that he's like announced like that, they go through this primary process. Trump eviscerates him just like he did to Ted Cruz in 2016. He eviscerates him, basically makes him lose all support, even within Florida. Because, like, okay, yeah, you win Florida, whatever. Call, call it a day, whatever you want to do. But if he can make him even lose faith there, he won't win re-election for – because he's going to be terminated out for governor anyway. He will lose all respect nationally. He'll be proven that he can't beat a strong Republican candidate, quote-unquote, with Trump. So they won't give it to him in 2028. And he goes off into oblivion, okay? He's elected a senator. Who, who gives a shit? You do you, man. You do whatever you want to do. But – what is absolutely best is he goes through this primary process. Trump destroys him just like Ted Cruz. Trump gets the nomination, and then Biden wins the overall election. And that way, they're both out of the public discourse mostly forever. Their their impact on regular people is mostly like negated at least, and that's my opinion. Yep, I would agree. I think that's the best case scenario. Best case scenario is Trump eviscerating DeSantis, and then losing the election, and then after he loses the election, gets arrested. Yeah, that would be, yeah, that's like the unicorn in the sky, great scenario kind of thing. But, yeah, you know, I will say, kind of transitioning a little bit to like to the media episode and to a little bit more personal stuff like that, with the rainbow in the sky, I just, and I sent you the screenshot, I bought, I bought a lot of books in the last, yesterday. They were, they were really cheap on Amazon, so I, I, put, I set, put myself a little order together, and I have collected, they're coming in the mail today, but I have collected a great collection of books to be reading, and talking about like throughout, but I got the manifesto coming today, so I'm gonna. That's gonna be awesome. Then I got uh, Engels' work. I got some Lenin. I got some just anti like CIA stuff. It's gonna be like I'm I'm, I'm set in for a great uh, a great couple weeks of reading because like I, I want to read all of it. I, I will bring you for. I know you said you've always wanted to read the manifestos, and it's only 48 pages, so I will definitely bring. It's it, only 48 like, pages. Yeah, and for I, I remember like it being longer. I remember it being longer when I read it the first time, but I also want to read Capital. I haven't read that yet, but it's... Yeah, I I really want to read Capital. We have it in our school library, but it's in German. That's that's unfortunate because, like, I will say, because on Amazon right now, the Communist Manifesto is only $3.22, so I would recommend. But, um, yeah, I will will go through those processes as I read them for the next, like, couple weeks, and we'll talk about it throughout the show. But I know one of them... um, like I said, the last one, uh, it's obviously a less known author than the other ones, but it's uh, it's called Against Empire, and the the under caption is a brilliant expose of the brutal realities of the U.S. global domination, and it does talk about in the sense of uh, uh, racial subjugation as well, not just domestically but abroad. So I'm very interested to see like how anti-imperialist that takes because I'm ready to go with that. Well, you know, speaking of racial subjugation. There we go. Long tangent to get you set up, but there you go. It is Juneteenth, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, Which is, I mean, I get, first of all, Juneteenth is a weird name. It is not Why is the the 19th called Juneteenth? Like, if it was the 16th, I'd understand it. You know, that'd be a little bit cooler. Um, It's also just a lame name, especially considering, you know, what the holiday is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's, it's like, a very, very important day. Yeah, it's, it's like Freedom Day or like Emancipation Day or something would have been a little better. But nomenclature aside, the we are definitely not standing on any soapbox like that and saying we disagree with the message of this holiday. In fact, we I uh, we we fully support the celebration of ending such a horrific practice as slavery in like obviously the most su- most southern of southern states back in the day of Texas deciding no, fuck you, Emancipation Proclamation, we're going to ignore you for another two years. So that's what, if anyone did not know why we were celebrating it today, that is why. It's, it's such a, because it's so, like, obviously, like, a good thing. Like, how, how, how can you, how can you possibly justify not celebrating freeing the slaves? Like, now, or, oh, I, like I, you're I, just giving the game away. It's a self-report. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I, I, I sent this to you sent this to you last night, and it was kind of trending on Twitter in the sense of there's this weird ideology or just, like, weird mindset to be had within the GOP right now. Because most years in past, they have 100% denounced this as a holiday. It wasn't even a federal holiday until Biden signed into law last year. 
or 2021 or whatever it was. But they have long since like ignored this holiday, just like MLK Day. They used it as, as a chance to shit on more black people because like, oh, black people, black people, criminals, black people, thugs, kind of thing like that. But I was a little bit surprised at the new take that I was hearing on the conservative Twitter in the sense of these absolute chud dumbasses were talking about, oh, uh, Juneteenth is actually a great thing to celebrate because it's the day that the Republicans freed the slaves from the Democrats with the KKK being spelled for Democrat because the Democrats, absolutely. Now, I don't know if we, I didn't know that people probably, and based off the, based off the profile that posted it, grown men did not know like basic uh, civics and government in the sense of, sir, the parties switched names and switched ideologies in the 60s and 70s. Uh, I don't know how old you are, but you might have even been alive at that point. So I, I don't know what you're thinking of. Like, yes, if you want to say the Democrats were slave-owning South, guess what? You can easily replace the Republicans free the slaves from the Democrats with this with this word. Progressives free the slaves from the conservatives. They called themselves the conservative Democrats and the progressive Republicans. It is an idea of policy yep. rather than nomenclature. Everyone acknowledges that within between the 1930s to the 1970s was a drastic party shift starting with starting with FDR in 32 and gradually becoming more and more pro- progressive Democrats because of the progressivist movement in the early 20th century. They basically started climbing on to more progressive ideas because they wanted to be more pro-worker. Before workers of history, workers' protection were eviscerated in this country, they were the work, like work party of the worker. They were the more progressive work-oriented party. This, this continues on, where the South is still predominantly Democrat, becoming le- less and less so as the de- as the ages go on, to the point where Kennedy is elected in 1960 thanks to a blue Texas, which was threatened for 64 from LBJ, until eventually LBJ wins, and the Democrats say we will never vote for progressive again. That is the entire history of the party switch in the early to mid to the, uh, uh, 20th century. So this take that was trending on Twitter is so asinine and so just brain dead in general in the sense of yeah you want to call them by their name go for it man but you have to look at the actual policies that they stood for it's the same thing as like conservatives have never been on the right side of history you can't just say oh the republicans did this no you have to look at the policy wise man it's not that hard yeah and that it's literally like the people who say like well the the democrats have the same so we just be like yeah it was like they don't understand policy position they don't even understand like what they vote for in terms of policies they just were raised red, good, blue, bad, or vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, yeah, that's a great way of describing it. Cause obviously at the end of the day, it's sensory. Like, Oh, look at, the, look at this, look at this guy with the red tie. He truly means the best for you. Or look at this guy, with the blue tie, whatever he says, you have to listen to. It's like, nah, man, that's just the name they put on themselves. Look at their actual like policy issues and what they believed in, what they stood for. My guy. So stupid. It's, this kind of harkens back to the whole, like, just like the, the whole like conservative like just like mindset is so weird. Is that they're always trying to like find like it, every it's, it's like everything is projection. God damn it! Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's every, like every, conf- every fucking yeah. every fucking hog wants to be a victim so bad. Every little suburban fucking rich little white boy wants to be a victim so bad. And it's it's the same thing. It's like oh, all these LGBTQ people—they just want to be a victim. They just want the attention. Oh, like oh, motherfucker, they're actually oppressed. You just you like okay, your your dad makes eighty five thousand dollars a year. You live in fucking suburban Minnesota. You're not a victim. Calm down. It's okay. No, just I, be absolutely happy. Not. <laughs> and no, so it's I, like we I get will... to the fucking like it's the whole rhetoric. This idea around like like the Juneteenth, like oh yeah, well like they just like one of the guys I work. with. It's from rural North Dakota. It's a white dude, you know, so you can about imagine his politics. And, absolutely, absolutely. And he, I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't call him a chud by any means. He's, he's actually he's a good dude. He's a nice guy. He's a very he's a good guy. Um, he's the most like basic like Republican. Like he's not like a diehard MAGA guy. He's just like holds conservative values because that's the way he was raised. Doesn't really has a slight interest in politics, but doesn't really understand what he's looking at. He just sees Ben Shapiro Instagram posting. He's excited. Lovely. Um. And he's like, just talking about, like, yeah, like, I, oh, God, it's like, Juneteenth is a good thing. Like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I just think it's like, I don't know, kind of weird. And it's like, and then it goes off like some tangent about how he's bad. Yeah. And I just wish I wasn't bad for everything because I was 
born a white man. Like, well, like, dude, that's not, it's not something that happens, okay? Stop listening to the fucking blue-haired SJWs on Twitter that are one in a billion people. Like, it's not how it fucking works. Nobody's actually saying that. No, no one actually means that in real life. It's just an, it's just an internet persona in the sense like that. Like, coming, fr- coming from me, a white dude, I'm going to say this for, <laughs> I'm going to speak for the sense of white people. I think we can agree on the sense. Anti-white racism doesn't exist. It cannot exist. It's not real. For the fact that white is not a race. Now, and that's my, like, I believe in that same thing. Because, in the essence is, race was created to make other people have different races in order to subjugate them and to control them. We looked at Native American population as a different race because it was easier to enslave them, it was easier to kill them, it was easier to steal their land. Same way with people of African descent. We looked at them as subhuman because they were a different race. They were a different color, therefore they were a different race. And comes with all the pseudoscience of skull science and phrenology and saying, oh, they're naturally more uh, aggressive, naturally more whatever, like blah, 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 whatever. Using the racial, like, like thing to justify hatred or anything like that is, abs- is, is, was invented by the ruling class, the white class. And therefore, you cannot be systemically oppressive to the oppressors. It's, it's the same way, like, there's, you can't be, I don't think you can be truly, like, uh, Anti, like anti-misogynistic or truly feminist in the sense of like feminine superiority because you can't be misogynistic to a man in the sense of yeah they are the ruling class that's that's the point I was trying to make is the sense of the ruling class like what am I supposed to say like I can't be upset to a billionaire for having so much money like I can't say you have too much money kind of thing no I have to sit there and listen to him you can't be uh, you can't be like ist you can't be against something not I'm losing the word of it you can't be prejudiced towards the oppressive class. Is basically the point that I was trying to make there. No. This, I mean, critical race theory one hundred and one here. Uh, you're welcome, Ron DeSantis. That's a band, um, actually. Is this Sorry. this uh, this idea of whiteness not as a race but as a ruling class is like because because the definition of white has changed. I mean, drastically throughout history. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, coming coming to the early foundation of America, um, if you were not Protestant. English, somewhere from the UK, you weren't considered or like French. You were considered white. Germans were considered to be a swarthy complexion. Same with Italians, yep. and they were part of the out group, and they were discriminated against. Even Irish people um, were not considered white, and that, that's this definition has progressively changed, and the white group has expanded to mm-hmm. include now even like lighter skinned Latinos, or like if you have fair enough skin as a mixed race person or whatever, you're now considered in the in group whiteness so it's whiteness as a position of power not as the color of your skin mm-hmm. yeah absolutely because it's also like look at uh, if you look at hitler he considered racial like racial identitarian like identitarianism as like the predetermined factor of, of someone's worth in the sense of like eradicating jewish people he also hated slavs slavs like people from the slavic states are are complexion wise very similar to german people they're very white very like pale skin looking but they were considered a different race because he wanted to exclude his idea of whiteness to predominantly mean Aryan Jews and also uh, people of Japanese and Chinese descent because he considered them honorary Aryans. But that's, again, fascism only expands that definition until they can exclude it again because that's essentially, that's what fascism is, is exclusion of power to one group or one person. So it's basically saying you're white I mean, yeah, that's... for now. That's right wing politics in general is like built on the principle of exclusion. Like everything, every single like the definition of the right wing existence is built on the exclusion of groups. It requires a minority or out group per se to exclude in order to gain its power and advance its society until, and and like we know, once that out group inevitably becomes exterminated, they'll pick another one and another one and another one until there is. What would you would think in theory only the quote unquote in group, but that will never happen because there always has to be an enemy under mm-hmm. like this fascist system. We, we we see that today in our public discourse in the sense of twenty or thirty years ago, the way that people talk about trans people is the way that people talked about gay people. It was far less socially acceptable to come out as gay. Therefore, people were able to look down at them. They were considered themselves an out group, depending on whatever race it was. It was sexually like. Obviously, race played a larger factor in the sense of if you were a white gay, it was a lot better than being a black gay. But at the same time, we it's this same idea of exclusionary principles being taught today and as the rest of time. Okay, it's less socially acceptable to be critical of a gay person now. So let's move on to this literal 1% of the population, trans people, and let's 
obli- like destroy them to oblivion until one day they will be socially acceptable. But it's the sense of like for now, those policies are actually hurting people's lives. They're causing suicide rates among strange children to go up. It's it's just this idea of exclusion to the point where it actually hurts the citizens and keeps the in-group in power. And it's the same way with race. Yeah, and it, and it has been, you know, talking about race, like, it's just, if you look at the entirety of American history, you know, it, when we first start out, it's pre- predominantly African-Americans, but also, you know, to a huge degree, um, Native Americans as this main enemy. You know, they're less than human, they're different than us, you know, blah, blah, manifest destiny. And then, you know, we kind of move, you know, we emancipate the slaves and we've already fucking raped and destroyed all the land of the natives and trapped them on their little reservations. And then we move on to, you know, we kind of get out of that. And then it's communists. It was kind of coming in and out there because that threatens the capital. That was our villain for a while. Uh, and then we kind of start getting the 60s and 70s, you know, and races after the Civil Rights Act. It was still, you know, it wasn't okay for people to say that black people were the enemy even though, anymore, even though it was absolutely was in terms of our policy. Uh, and it became homosexuals. And then homosexual became homosexuality became normalized and accepted broadly in society. And then it was briefly um, Islamic people. It still is, you know, as you mentioned, 9-11, and now it's transition to trans people. There's always has to be a villain. You'll find the right-wing party in every nation always has a minority group set as the villain everywhere. Mm-hmm. It always it's happens because it, it's, it's a, a fundamental yeah. principle. It's a fund. It is fear, fear and hatred and anger towards a minority group is a fundamental principle of right-wing politics. It doesn't function without it. Yeah, I, I will say uh, this is actually harking back. Over the weekend, I watched a, uh, a Netflix miniseries, uh, "How to Become a Tyrant." Uh, it's, it's actually uh, narrated by uh, uh, Peter Dinklage. It's it starts with like it's like different uh, dictators. Peter Dinklage is in it. Yeah, it's, I should it's, watch it's, it. It's actually very well very well done. It's different animation styles, everything like that. It starts with like Hitler moves on to like Stalin, uh, the the uh, the Kim family. It's insane. It's insanely well done. But it talks about how like this idea of racial subjugation and racial uh, oppressiveness is just key to holding onto power in the sense of being reactionary and being a, like trying to hold on to the days of past. The conser- at the end of the day, conservative principles is literally in the name of conserving what was before. Well, guess what was before slavery, uh, Jim Crow laws, stuff like that. So when conservatives try to celebrate or try to downplay Juneteenth, it's because a, they're misunderstanding what they what they would have fought for back in the day. The same people that says, oh, we totally would have agreed with MLK, but they shit on BLM. Um, dude, it's the same shit, just in a different time period. Everyone can say that 2020 looking back. I actually, I actually taught Sam that the other day. I was, because um, at the time of MLK's death in 1967, I think it was, it was 60, 67, 69 when he, when he was killed, he only had a 25% approval rating across the country. Over 60% of Americans considered him a terrorist, the same way people talk about BLM. So it's like, if you can't accept what's going on now, why do you think you would have accepted it back then? That's, it's just, it's insane to me to like, look at that because like, you're being the person that says, yeah, I would, I would have been best friends with MLK back in the day, but damn, we're, but black people are thugs, man. That's what I want to say. That's like straight out of the Stephen Crowder like playbook. I'm, I'd be surprised if he hasn't made a video today talking about how he hates Juneteenth. No, I, that actually, that's a fantastic take. And the more I think about it, you're absolutely right. Um, it's the same people who, like, I mean, it's ubiquitous. It's unanimous. You can't go around and say MLK was bad and the Civil Rights Act was bad because you just outed yourself as a racist. And nobody, even racists, don't want to be called racist. No, no, they truly like, believe most of them don't, that they're not. Yeah, most racists don't think they're racist. So there are there is a few whack jobs out there who be like, yeah, I'm a racist. Fuck black I'm people. racist and proud. That's the thing. It exists. Yeah, it absolutely exists. But even like KKK Grand Wizards are like, oh, I'm not a racist. I'm just a white separatist. Like, well, it's like, no, you're a fucking racist because you think black people are less than white people. Like, yeah, the, these same people who are like, no, uh, I, that, that was great, but, you know, fuck BLM. You know, like, oh, all these black people are just welfare, want handouts. We're like, dude, you're doing the same thing. Okay? You do, yeah, it's, it's not different. So like, you, you can say what you will about the BLM organization, but their message is the same. Yeah, absolutely. Like their their whole thing is black emancipation, which is exactly what MLK fought for. Like a lot of people don't realize what what isn't taught in history classes about MLK specifically. And obviously, this is an MLK day. We'll get full. Rapid, uh, rapid communist, by the way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. After we're only taught going through going through schools, 
that MLK made a speech in front of a lot of people in Washington and said, I have a dream that people are judged by the color of their skin or by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. Well, he also was a fundamental progressivist and socialist, even like, a, like yeah, like a full-blown commie in a sense. He was extremely anti-imperialist. He was against anti-homelessness. There are hundreds and thousands of speeches of his that he made in his later career talking about how the plight of the poor white man is the same as the as the plight of the poor, is the same if not worse than the poor black man. They're still poor. They're still being oppressed by the same capitalist system. But the only difference is the white guy is being treated inherently better because he is white. But he also was like this... Yeah. He was very class-oriented, which, especially later in his career, which we're not taught because it has to fit this neat little narrative of pro-capitalist, but he saw what was really wrong was the racism. And I, I did look this up because you had mentioned uh, the KKK thing, so it immediately made me think of Clandis. I had to see what Clandis had to say today. So I pull up the Clandis Owen podcast, and her exact title – this, this was a day ago. She hasn't streamed today, but she said this woman was literally fired for being white and a Starbucks logo, and she's talking about this. <laughs> Damn, Candace, you're kind of falling off. Her last two videos only have like a hundred thousand views in like a week. No, Candace is falling off. You want to know why? Because she, you, you know, it'll wrap up when something racist has happened. If she can't be there to be the beacon of white supremacy as a black woman, they don't care. Okay, you're you're not trans, so you can't be a trans. You're like you can't hate on your. You can't be all oh, one of the good ones. Yeah, exactly. The it's it's the idea. Like, yeah, she is absolutely a race traitor in in every sense of the word. Like. In a sense, like, you are actively helping your press. Like, they're not going – like, even even the idea of Ben Shapiro owning the Daily Wire as a whole. Like, he, he co-owns it with Jeremy Boring. Guess what? Jeremy Boring is a Catholic white dude. At a certain point, if your ideology keeps festering, Candace is gone. Uh, Matt Walsh is gone because I think he's German too. You all the way through this. Guess what? Ben, even you at the top, you're Jewish, my guy. They don't like your existence. What are you doing? Why are you pushing for this right-wing government when 60 years ago they put Jewish people in concentration camps and literally murdered millions of them? That is what conservative principle gets you. Fascism is just the inevitable decline from capitalist to corporatism to fascism. It's a straight pipeline, and we are going straight towards there more and more every single day. You look at you look at policies that are passed in Florida, policies that are passed in all these right-wing lunatic states they are pushing more and more fascist narratives they like the idea of banning books in general like that's literally how the nazis started was the first step was banning books of talking about sex gender transgenderism whatever it was because that was considered um uh, unclean for the for the youth that's the same justification they make for it right now so what is the difference We're, we're heading straight towards fascism like a fascist state which we are already abroad 100 percent but in the sense of it's coming domestically, and you are heedlessly steering towards it. Ben, you, as a Jewish man, had Ron DeSantis on your on your show and was advocating for his candidacy. You know what fascism leads to? Why are you doing that? I just, I just don't get it, man. I just don't get it. Uh, well, and it's like, along that, it's something like, you know, not, in terms of not understanding things. It's like, I, every fucking conservative white person just, they, they see, like, black people pushing or even like gay and trans people pushing for equal rights and like their existence to be respected as like a personal attack against them is like somehow black people asking to like not be murdered by cops is them wanting to be like attacking them for being white. So that's just not what's happening. No, it's absolutely not. This, the racial it's just like, of, like statistics of cops, like, Oh, they're more likely to shoot a, or like they kill just as many white people. That's not true. Like, if you want to look at it strictly empirically, it's I think it's like what twelve times more likely to be a fatal traffic stop if you're uh, like like yeah. if you're black at the traffic stop or something like that. It's insane. Yeah, it's uh, it's just it's such like a every they all have fucking just like victim complexes. They want to be a victim so fucking bad. They just want to have something to bitch about. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I will I will say though, uh, tend. On uh, a little bit more of a positive note, after me just screaming into a microphone for the last ten minutes, um, earlier that like, and this will be more of a transition next week too. It's next week we're going to finish up our uh, June series, and we'll have some guests on. We'll talk about some more about rainbow capitalism, and again, kind of back to where we were starting off. How it used to be fun just to be chill and talk about gay people, but now you have to literally like be an ally at all times if we want to like genocide them and stuff like that. You can't just be like hanging out, but. Um, 
earlier this week, um, the the White House, another example of right wings losing their mind over pretty much nothing. If, if anything, like I am 100 percent in support of the protester herself. A uh, the Biden White House was having a uh, I'm sure you saw this, too, was having a LGBTQ oh, event. Yeah. And uh, one of the trans influencers, a trans woman influencer that was there. She, after meeting the president, talking to him, was with a trans man on the White House lawn. And someone came across and took a picture of her. Well, in her form of protest or just in general like that, just having fun in the moment, being a normal person, decided, you know what? I'm going to flash the camera Is uh, with her uh, standing right next to her trans man, too. They both flashed the camera. Guess whose uh, photos were blurred on Fox News? The trans woman. So you know what? Fox is going woke, and you got you got to love it from that because you know what they would they didn't they didn't blur the trans man because you know man's nipples because it you would never know that that wasn't a woman like it wasn't a cis born woman unless someone told you because that's the normal response to trans transgenderism it's just okay that's it just yeah. just normal existence man that's it is the best it's that like one minute interview or like the hot quick interviews in French and it's like this transgender man and he gets up there and he goes. And you're asking, she's like, so you are, you were born a woman and, you know, you went all the surgeries and all this, you know, have had all the gender reassignment and everything. And you're now a man. Like, are you, you're like, are, are you happy? Do you regret She's like, I'm unbelievably happy. I feel so much better. I feel so much more comfortable. Uh, it's been the greatest decision of my life. And then they go to the opposition. He goes, well, in the Bible, he goes, no. You're done. And, and it's we're over. Going commercial. Tell that. That's the only way that conversation. That should be the only. Yeah. I'm happier healthier than i was before how are you mad at that yeah how are you like it's supposedly the party of personal freedom and liberty but when someone says yeah i'm actually being happy and i'm actually being myself being able to contribute to a regular society you immediately jump to kill them like what are you talking about you freak i made i made a decision about my own body that affects literally nobody but me as a consenting adult that made me happier and healthier and you're mad yeah why? Why are you thinking about Why? my genitalia, man? Especially if I was a yeah. kid. Like if a transgender youth, all they're looking, all they're thinking about is just like the kids' genitals. That is pedophile shit, man. Yeah. That's not classic. Grooming is not saying gay people exist or trans people exist. It's saying it's thinking. Well, we're, we need to have like mandatory penis inspection day, which did pass by the way in Ohio, is a real thing for the three transgender like uh, minors that do exist in the entire state. Again, the, like concept. the idea. Uh, the idea is just so that like everything that like a queer person does is inherently sexual is just like it's just homophobia. That's all it is. Yeah, and, and we'll get in, uh, we'll get into this more next week too, which is more of a hype up there. I know I'm gonna get even more mad, but I, I got to pull up this like this for the, a final note here. We'll we'll end on some uh, fun on uh, talking about Boo Boo Bennett because I, I sent you one of her one of her tweets back in the day was uh, from the Liberty Hangout official Twitter. If you don't know who Caitlin Bennett is. Fantastic internet personality. Uh, she shit her pants in college, <laughs> so that's why. Yeah, Boo Boo Bennett. She but. just goes. She just goes to college campuses and uh, tells liberals that she has a gun, and that's yep. about it. Yeah, she she made she first made made like headlines when she graduated. I think it was from like, Burnt, was it like Kentucky or something like that? Like some somewhere down random south. ass Bible college, and she brought an AR fifteen to her graduation, and she got banned from school because of that, or she couldn't walk at graduation because she posted like a day before or something like that. Is you know, and like on her graduation so. hat, she had like pictures of the guns on it. Yeah, but she she tweeted this a couple weeks ago or, or a couple of years ago, and she did absolutely nail it on the head for the first half because her exact tweet is: "What leftists will, will, want you to think liberty is all about sex on demand, drugs, degeneracy, and pornography. But liberty is really about raising a family, joining a church, giving to charity, and turning from sin." The first half, absolutely, you you yeah. nailed it. She right nailed it. She nailed it. Yeah, sex. Like that, yeah, sex on demand, drugs, degeneracy. That, that's what I want. But, that is yeah, liberty. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yes. Can we do that? Can we do that? She describes liberty in the sense of like truly individual freedoms of, yeah, having sex, doing your own kind of drugs, or like that, doing your own thing. Like, you want to be a filthy and then being proceeds, kind of doing that? Go to it. And then proceeds then to proceeds, use liberty. Yeah. About proceeds to mention the most authoritarian institution as Yeah, liberty. absolutely. Raising a family, okay, A, that's one thing. Whatever you want to do yet, that's, yeah, freedom. Joining a church, yeah, the most authoritarian thing you could possibly do. What are you talking about? And by joining that's a church, she means a Christian church, of course. Protestant. 
Yeah, yeah, hardcore. Even though back then she was actually an atheist. She only recently converted to Christianity like during COVID or something really? like that. Or she claims to have. She was a true libertarian, not a, not a conservative libertarian. She was like a me libertarian. She was, Except she I, was, yeah. Again, she was a libertarian. I've turned from sin. Yeah. Again, she was a libertarian who was against abortion, which is a totally different conversation, but it's, that's just not, no it's just not, you can't be, you can't be libertarian and be anti-abortion and anti-LGBTQ rights. That's just no, it's just works. personal freedom. That's your whole doctrine. But I know you yeah. had to uh, call it about an hour, so we'll, we'll wrap it up here. We'll, more to come next week for sure. I know it's more of a heated episode, a lot of just talking about theory and stuff like that. So appreciate you listening. If you did all the way through uh, great conversation today, we'll hopefully learn some stuff and we'll wrap up our favorite month of the year next week with uh, roughly the 10 year anniversary of a, of a very important Supreme court case. So uh, this has been TLGR and we'll see you next week.